She's beautiful, she's intelligent, she's sexy and she's fun. She's confident and clever. She's my new number one, and when she smiles, it's generous. Ah, she's a winner. She's always up for dancing, and she likes drinking tequila. She's adventurous and daring, and fun to be around. She somehow reaches up so far with both feet on the ground, and she likes reggae music and face painting, climbing to the roofs of a band in the building. From a tiny little Valentine's card to the morning with a lollipop lady. A quick kiss on the escalator with the prettiest girl at the party. I hope she's got her socks on, the one she pulls to her knees. I can't wait till I get home and I'm gonna see Lizzie B. Let's have a round of applause for Lizzie B. Happy Wednesday morning, everyone. Hope you're doing fine. If it's your first time tuning in to this, which is a, the morning show. Morning. It's really, I just drink coffee, talk about the weather somewhere what we've got coming out for john boy media today a random baseball player random book i like baseball i like books i had a hair in my mouth i'm picking it out of my mouth i got it all right cool we're here it's wednesday you want to want to know a fun fact about the wet day today for me i forgot to set my alarm last night i still woke up at 7 30 my body is on a schedule which is good. I think there's studies that say humans crave schedule and routine, right? So I'm just crushing it. Wednesday for John Boy Media today, we've got uh, an episode of Talking Baseball. Trevor Plouffe, Jake, and myself. Uh, we walked all through the proposal of uh, what baseball is going to look like if this deal is agreed to, the changes that they're going to make with the DH and the schedule and who teams play. And we went as detailed and thorough as we could between the labor disputes and the uh, everything, man. I don't know. Be fun to talk about baseball and review some games soon, but this is what we got for now. John Boy and Jake Radio coming up later today at ten o'clock. And I don't know what we're talking about. I know we still want to make fun of Quibi a little bit. And producer BBD has Oh, Mark Teixeira. Did that Zion received gifts from Duke and that, I mean, I, that's obvious man stabbed with homemade throwing star during downtown Pensacola fight, supermarket shopper upset. So there's a lot of weird news stories today. It looks like good for a while on, on John Jake radio, we always do weird news stories. And for a while there was none because everyone's just doing Corona shit and all the weirdos were in quarantine. Now all the weirdos and dumb criminals are coming back out into the daylight giving us some great material to make fun of them for. Fantastic. The weather today in Sparta, Tennessee, is 54 degrees and it's raining. So not a fun time to be in Sparta, Tennessee. Now, sometimes I just say the weather in these random towns. Other times I'm like, well, I want to kind of read about Sparta, Tennessee and see what I can find because that's how my brain operates. I Google about 20 things a day. If something pops up, just Google and read about it. Sparta, Tennessee, guys, kind of a cool place. Sparta, Tennessee was about to be the capital of Tennessee. It lost to Nashville by one vote. One vote. How different does that make the city's economic outcome? One motherfucker 
They swayed one vote. Now no one really knows about Sparta, Tennessee. People in Tennessee probably do. It's named after the Greek state. That's obvious. It's not like it was named after a different Sparta, but I appreciate the note there. Um, it was a stopover point from Knoxville and Nashville. So a lot of people hung out there. Like Andrew Jackson stopped there. Sam Houston stopped there. And this is where they stopped. It was a place called the Rock House. Check this out. It's still standing. It's like a national park or whatever you want to call it now. It's a historical site. That's what I'm looking for. And it looks tiny. I was like, that was the meeting place where they had drinks and slept and all that and hung out. And then I saw the butt of it. And I was like, ah, it's got a big butt. I get it. That's probably where they hung out. Probably some fire pits, probably some pool halls, all that. Sparta, Tennessee. Another fun fact about Sparta, Tennessee is that in 1927, a hot air balloon dude crashed and died. And in 1936, a war pilot crashed and died. Two aerial crash deaths in a time when, you know, not that many people were flying as much. So that's Sparta, Tennessee. It's raining today. If you're heading there, bring an umbrella. Random baseball player of the day is Lefty Stewart. Lefty Stewart. Got big ears. He's got big ears. Now, we're just going to go straight to his Wikipedia page. I mean, his baseball reference page. Because I couldn't find much about Lefty Stewart. He played for 10 years, and that's awesome. Uh, He threw with his left hand. His real name was Walter Cleveland Stewart. I mean, they just called every lefty lefty back then. So, kind of a tough break if you didn't want to be called lefty. He's buried in Green Acres Memory Gardens in Crossville, Tennessee. Oh, oh, Lefty is from Sparta, Tennessee. That's the connection. Lefty is from Sparta, Tennessee. He played for the St. Louis Browns for a while, but it's interesting because he actually came up with Detroit when he was 20 years old, and he pitched in five games and then didn't see the majors again for six more years and then came up with the St. Louis Browns. And then he had like a decent career. He led the league in home runs given up. And then I saw this and, oh, you guys probably can't see it because I'm in the way. Um, And this isn't big enough. Okay. Fixing it. So you see this? He got an MVP vote. He got an MVP vote in 1931. So I clicked the voting. I don't know if you guys know you can do this on Baseball Reference. Baseball Reference, best website in the world. And you can see everyone that got votes in 1931. And it seems like Lefty Grove was the clear MVP in people's eyes. Lou Gehrig, clear second place. Or Al Simmons and Lou Gehrig kind of shared second place. If you scroll all the way down, you get to our dude, Lefty Stott. And he got two votes. But I think people burned their vote on him because he didn't really have a good year. You know what I mean? Like, didn't really add up. He, uh, his numbers in 1931 aren't necessarily impressive. He had a 440 ERA, 33 games started. He had a losing record, which back then meant everything. He was 14 and 17 with a 4-4 ERA. 33 games started. 
20 complete games is cool. So he did have 259 innings pitched. But, yeah, I don't know why he got those two MVP votes. I think they were bitter writers. I think they were just burning votes on him. So that's good for him. Let's go look at his debut in 1921 and see how many nicknames. That's what we'll do. Because there's not much about Walter Cleveland Stewart. I tried to find it, and I couldn't. Just like, you know, pitched a lot. Here's uh, here's his debut. It was the Cleveland Indians versus the Detroit Tigers. Two teams still around today. How about that? April 20th, 1921, Navenfield played on grass during the day. Nicknames. We got Joe George Triss. Ooh, Triss. You think that's a nickname? That'll be our first check. Triss. His name was Tristram E. Speaker. Tristram E. Speaker. I don't, I've never heard of that name. It's a new name. Tex. Tell me this guy was from Texas. Whoa. Are you fucking kidding me? He's the nephew of Triss Speaker? And in this very game, he replaced him? <laughs> what? So That's a weird thing. I clicked on two names and that's... So Triss Speaker was Tex Gene's uncle. And Tex Gene replaced Triss Speaker in this random game. I mean, that can't have happened a lot in the history of baseball, that a nephew replaces his uncle on the base paths, right? It seems like an oddity that we just stumbled into. So Tex's real name was Ernest, but he, he's from Texas, so they called him Tex. All right, now I have to find out. He, in 1921, this dude was 20 years old, Tex Jeans, and how old was Trish Speaker, his uncle? Okay, Trish Speaker, also from the same town and all that, so that adds up. In 1921, he was 33. So he had to be the younger brother of Tex's dad. I swear that has to be an oddity. How many times have we had a, a nephew replace his uncle in the game at center field? I mean, take out the center field. What a weird oddity. Uh, Smokey Joe Wood. That's definitely a nickname. Smokey Joe Wood. Nicknames, Smokey Joe. Father of Joe Wood. Oh. <clears throat> His son was also named Joe Wood, but didn't get the smoky part. His son went to Yale and played baseball. All right, anyway. Getting too lost in the weeds here. Smokey Joe, surely a nickname. I wonder why they called him that. I hope it's not for bad reasons. Smokey Joe Wood. Um... Uh, Tell me why and how. Wood made his playing debut with the mostly female Bloomer Girls. There there were many such teams across the country which barnstormed in exhibition games against teams of men. Bloomer Girl rosters featured at least one male player. Damn. That's interesting. Well, Lefty Stewart wasn't that interesting, but through his debut, we've stumbled on some interesting stories. <clears throat> Tell me why they called him Smokey Joe. 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 Tell me why they called him Smokey Jo
Tell me why they called him Smokey Joe. Um, he earned the nickname. Here it is. He earned the nickname Smokey Joe because of his blazing fastball. Badass. Oh, he's in the glory of his times. I got to finish reading that. Okay, so let's go back to this game. So far, we've run into Tris, not a nickname. Tex, nickname, and also uncle, nephew situation. Smokey Joe, nickname. Larry Gardner, probably not a nickname. Joe Sewell, not a nickname. Rig Stevenson, we've clicked on him already. I remember when we clicked on him a couple morning shows back. Riggs Stevenson. Uh, his nickname was Old Hoss and his middle name was Riggs. Yes, I remember that. Steve O'Neill, Charlie Les Nunamaka. What a fun last name. Les Nunamaker. Cool, cool name, Les. Uh, Duster Males. Wow, you think that's a nickname? Duster Males. First name, John Walter. Nickname, Walter or the Great. <clears throat> wow. Duster. You think because he his he, he dusted the ball right by you. What do you think, Duster? I'm really going down a path of no return here. If I just search every fucking player I see. Duster Males. Uh, Duster, Duster. Why did they call you Duster? Doesn't say. Badass pose by him. Uh, okay. How many nicknames did we get? We got Tex, Smokey, Duster. And that wasn't even Lefty's team. Lefty was Ralph, Donnie, Ty, Bobby, Harry, Bob, Lou Blue. Wow, that's a cool name. Sup, I'm Lou Blue. Lou Blue. Went to military school. MVP votes a lot of times. All right, all right. Got to get out of this. Got to stop, Jimmy. Got to stop. Um, the uncle-nephew thing has me thrown off. That was weird. So I'm trying to find where our dude Lefty came in. Lefty Stewart. Here he is. Single to George Burns. A single back to the pitcher? You think they bunted on him or something? Then Tex Jeans grounds out. Smokey Joe Wood. Fly ball. He walked Larry Gardner, and he struck out Joe Sewell. The ninth inning wasn't as friendly to our dude Lefty. He uh, single walk, ground out. Then Joe Evans single, George Burns single, Tex Jeans fly ball. Smokey Joe Wood double. Damn. Didn't lose the game, though. Made everyone nervous. Didn't lose the game. All right, I'm going to do one more thing. With this dude, I'm going to go, can you guys even see? I'm going to go verse batter. And I'm going to see how he did against Hall of Famers. Boom. Give me something good. He faced a fucking ton of Hall of Famers. Look how many Hall of Famers he faced. It's too many. It's a lot. It's like the most played appearances was Lou Gehrig of the Yankees. Lou Lou Gehrig, Tony Laz, Babe Ruth, Joe Cronin. Babe Ruth lit him up. 357 batting average, 1.370 OPS. 12 home runs. 30 hits, 12 home runs. Babe Ruth lit 
Lefty still out. up. Tony Laz. Tony Laz struck out 18 times, but he has a 320 batting average and a 398 on base percentage. Lefty wasn't good against Hall of Famers. And you know what? That's allowed because they're Hall of Famers. So, damn. But that fucking uncle nephew thing. I don't even get it. Ooh, gonna have to. I haven't looked at the chat yet, but we'll just hide that fucking loser. Did you guys Google anything? Someone said just Googled it in the chat. Um, Duster was a moniker given to him for his erratic behavior on and off the mound. He dusted people. Okay, makes sense. I wish I could watch these more often, but I don't get up early. They stay up. You can just watch them whenever. Let's move on. Let's, oop, uh, where am I? Wednesday, lefty. Next up is book. Oh, probably where half of you tune out. Don't care. I like books. Uh, and the people that respond and say, like, I've read that or I, or like, then they get to have a conversation with about the books. And I'm like, excited. I'm like, cool. We can talk. I like talking to everyone or anyone that enjoys the things that I do. Like you watch a TV show. Okay. Find me someone that also watches this TV show and talk about it. I read a book. It's kind of harder to do. But anyway, we did uh Bukowski, Bukowski the other day. And I saw a couple people comment saying, they like Bukowski and stuff. I don't know if you guys know about. Um, I read that they have they teach this in schools now. But uh, 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 "Ask the Dusk" by John Fonte. John Fonte, real old guy, um, well dead now for a while. But he was an author. Ooh, look! Look at what he looked like. Got a big old picture of him here. This is this book is considered a classic, but. No one knew about it until 19, around 1980 when Charles Bukowski told his editors like, hey, reprint this book and told the public, print this book. Because Bukowski was a, like he read, he was a ferocious reader. And he kind of took the novel style of John Fonte. And that's how Bukowski wrote his novels. There's a term for it. It's uh, Roman Acle. Roman Acle. Is when you write about your, you write not, you write like a roman a clé. It's French. I can't say it right. It's when you, it's when you write a book and half, it's mostly, it's like 50-50 fiction, nonfiction. Like you're taking real people. It's usually about the author himself uh, with a moniker and then, and then you make up a lot of it, but, but there's a vast majority stooped in truth. It, it was my favorite genre for a long time. Like. Bukowski's novels, John Fonte's novels, his son, his son, uh, Dan Fonte, I really, really like. Roman Eclat. It was my favorite genre novel for a while. Let me see if I can show you guys something. See if I can take my mic with you. I don't know where this book is, but I want to show you. Ah, shit. Might be on the other side of the table. Hold on. Taking the mic with you, so see if I can do this. All right. Wow. Currently behind the desk. What a journey we've come on. Bending down, looking for something. This may not be worthwhile. On a mission. Shit. 
Got too many boxes of books to go through. What a wild time. This is the first uh, morning show remote, and we're now coming to you live from behind my desk. And I found them. Okay. Oh, stepped on my headphone cord, and that, that kind of hurt, but I'm good. Coming back. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Headphone cord. Really being a bitch. Tied up on the desk. Okay. That was the first live remote. When I was in college and I read and had a lot of time on my hand, I wrote myself a Roman de Cle. See? A novel by Jimmy O'Brien. It's all about uh, college. Um, so uh, that's how much I like the genre. Also like short stories and poems. Wrote a book, Jimmy O'Brien, short stories and poems. Uh, but Roman Eccle. So anyway, Ask the Dust. They made a movie about it with Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, I think he had to do an American accent, which means it's a bad movie. If Colin Farrell has to do an American accent, that means it's not that great of a movie. Colin Farrell gets to do his regular old accent, like in Bruges or The Gentleman. He's hilarious and the best. Uh, but Ask the Dusk is a good novel. So if you guys want, it's like the quickest fucking read. It's about this this guy in um, depression, Los Angeles, trying to become a fam- famous novelist, falls in love with a waitress who's in love with uh, another man, falls in love kind of with the idea of the waitress, has to struggle with that, and it's just kind of like, you know, very... It's literature. There's not really a plot. It's just about his fucking life. So I like that stuff. I like all his stuff. And I like his son's stuff a ton too. So anyone that likes Bukowski and hasn't heard of John Fonte, go check him out. And I know that there was people that responded to the other episode with Bukowski saying they like that. So I'll look at the chat for like two seconds before we end this. Um, part story, part real. Yeah, Cal Cal. Like Hunter S. Johnson, Hunter S. Thompson, Gonzo Journal. Yep. Um, we can have your katana get caught in a t-shirt. I think I don't know that. Uh, Heron says, John boy, I love you. Thanks, man. Love you too. Uh, Connor Williams, same. Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Mike Alexander says, good morning, dude. Where'd you go to school? And I'll answer this question. I'll play the music by beans on toast and we'll answer this question in full. You're going to get a full answer on where I went to school, okay? And then that'll be the end of the morning show because I got to go do a bunch of other stuff. Okay, where I went to school. You ready? I went to a duck preschool in Hazlitt, New Jersey, and then I went to Holy Family Elementary School in Hazlitt, New Jersey. Then... We moved to Australia, and I did year four and five, or year three and four, at Holy Family in Lindfield, New South Wales, Australia. Then we moved from there to uh, Illinois, and I went to Charles Quentin Elementary School in Lake Zurich. After that, I graduated, and I went to Lake Zurich Middle School South. I did sixth, seventh, and eighth grade there. Then we moved again to Connecticut, and I went to Pomparag High School for freshman and sophomore year of high school. 
Then my dad got another promotion and we moved to California. And I went to Granada High School for junior and senior year. After high school, we were still living in California. I went to Sonoma State University, SSU, for freshman and for three semesters. Two semesters freshman year, one semester of sophomore year of college. Then my family moved back to Connecticut with my little brother, but I stayed because my little sister had one more semester. She was in her senior year of high school, and that would have been fucked up to make her move in the middle of her senior year of high school. So I moved back to town and lived with my sister in a extended stay Marriott resident inn, and I went to Las Positas Community College for one semester. And then when that was done, we moved back to Connecticut with my family. I went to University of Hartford for one semester, didn't enjoy it at all. And Jake was at Central Connecticut State University, so I transferred there. I did three years at Central Connecticut State University. That's right, five years of college because I transferred so many times. I had so many classes that didn't count for other schools, graduated with a ton of electives and extra classes. And then I worked for like three years, and then I thought, eh, I'm not having any fun. I don't know what to do. So I went to film school at uh, San Francisco Digital Film School for a year. And that is everywhere that I went to school and the most thorough answer I can give you to that question. And now I'm going to get to work. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Goodbye.